Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP, we got you covered all year long. Let's do it, let's do it, let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Today is Monday, December 5th. I'm your host, John June. And of course, guy to my left would be Greg Penniman, a.k.a. G-Money. Greg, how you doing today, bro? Feeling good. Another another great week of football games. I mean, probably saw the most thrilling 10-9 game I've ever seen in my life, that Baltimore game. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, the... The Giants game got a tie. We got this tie there. Giants in Washington. The Jets Vikings game was amazing. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, another you know classic Chiefs game. You know, with the comeback season. Yeah, a classic yeah. Chiefs Bengals game. Yeah, classic <laughs> Chiefs Bengals game. Yeah, for sure. Let's call for that sure. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely would like to see another playoff matchup between them. So, yeah, Most it was a crazy weekend. Um, I think there's a crazy there's a stat out there. Uh, I was on Twitter, Ari Merov. I'm sorry if I'm saying your last name wrong, but he had said that he tweeted out that in the year 2022, which includes some games from last year and the postseason, the Chiefs are 12 and two against the rest of the league, and they are 0 and three against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yeah, Patty Patty has one weakness right now, and that's Joe Burrow. Man, it's crazy. I mean, I get it, Joe Burrow. Quarterback driven quarterback league, but we got to give some credit to <laughs> yeah, this well, D yeah, coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou, Lou Aranmo, uh, the, the D coordinator for the Bengals, that drop eight coverage that they like to do where they drop eight and rush three and then they'll spy him with the defensive ends. Uh, that was something they did a lot last year. Um, and, and this year they continued to, to disrupt Patrick Mahomes, force him into, you know, I mean, a lot of those drives, there was like some fumbles by like Travis Kelsey had a fumble. Uh, Jack McKinnon, I believe, had a fumble in that game as well. So some of those drives, those are drive enders right there. Travis Kelsey fumbles the ball. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. But yeah. still, to hold Mahomes to 16 of 27, 223 passing yards, just one passing touchdown, um, you know, to disrupt him and frustrate him like they did uh, speaks volumes, I think. Yeah, man. The AFC playoffs are going to be insane. Money. Definitely gonna be insane those AFC playoffs. Um, just hoping that I don't have to watch without a rooting <laughs> interest. Um, let's move on to obviously this is week thirteen recap where we we recap everything that went down in week thirteen. Um, you know all the fantasy performances and then also shout out some 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 waivers. Uh, you know as we have to discuss some some of the injuries injuries that transpired, but uh, obviously. If you are here, you're watching the show, then uh, you, hopefully you like what you are listening to and you're seeing on uh, on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcast, or seeing on YouTube, Twitch, or uh, Twitter via Periscope, or on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, all those podcast platforms. Just ask that you comment, like, subscribe, all that, that fancy, cool stuff that helps out the show but requires not much work by you. So, um Let's jump into the quarterback swags, Greg. And the number one quarterback on the week, you know, I've been I've been singing this man's praises, giving him his flowers all year. Uh, truly believe he he is like a, a fantasy MVP at this point. But that's Jalen Hurts, 
29 of 39, 380 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, five rush attempts for 12 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown here, 34.4 fantasy points in your standard quarterback scoring. Greg, what did you make of this performance here by Jalen Hurts? Yeah, man, Jalen Hurts, the fantasy MVP, most likely going to be the real MVP. I think he he's definitely been doing what he has to do all year for this team with his legs, uh, with passing. We, we knew that he, it really showed that he really improved in his passing this year. Uh, I mean, this is only his second full year starting, so definitely, like, love to see it, the improvement there. And, I mean, he he did it, he did it in, with the passing this time and, and got the rushing touchdown, but still 380, three touchdowns. Um, they just jump on team, they pounce on them. Uh, yeah, man, this is uh, another good year. Hopefully, the Philly last Philly quarterback to you know have a really good year, and then they went like fourteen and one. Carson Wentz, they, he didn't get his MVP, but I think Jalen Hurts will. Oh man, you just brought me back to a time of football where like Carson Wentz was in the MVP discussion. Yep, <clears throat> it's kind of crazy. Yep. Um, I think I also came on here that next year in our first episode of the fantasy football diagnostics podcast and talked about him as a top three quarterback in fantasy. <laughs> how far yeah, we've come. Yeah. All yeah, of how us. far we've come for sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, Jalen hurts though was most recently, not most recently last year. However, my quarterback breakout and, mm-hmm. you know, was somebody that we were both very high on, not just, not just last year, not just this year, but his rookie season when yeah. he had just came onto the season or came onto the scene that season, replacing an ineffective aforementioned Carson Wentz. And I think you're right, man. I think he is deserving of the MVP. Like I said, you know, we talk about, or, you know, I've been talking about the the consistency level of Jalen hurts and what he's been doing. Um, you know, you talked about, you mentioned, you know, the 380 passing yards and, and the you know the limited rushing yards here, just twelve rushing yards, but he's done that a few times this year, where he's he's doesn't have like this big rushing game, but it's also because he's throwing for three hundred and thirty, three hundred and fifty yards, uh, and I think that's like you said, that speaks to the the development of him as a passer. What yeah. Nick Sirianni has asked him to do, I mean, he's completing sixty eight over sixty eight percent of his passes this season. Um, you know, compared to just 61 and 52% the prior two years. So he's, he's tremendous, you know, growth there, 20 touchdowns to just three interceptions through 12 games. I mean, the, there's, if, if you just looked at what he's doing as the quarterback, you'd be like, okay, well, you know, this guy's having a pretty good season, 11 and one completing 68% of his passes, 5.6% touchdown rate, less than, than a 1% interception rate. Like, they're playing good football, eight yards per attempt. But then you look at what he's doing, like as a runner, six hundred nine rushing yards and then nine, nine rushing touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I know that's long-winded way to give Jalen Hurts his flowers, but you know if you if you have Jalen Hurts, you have to. There's there's like a less than five percent chance, and I'm being hyperbolic that you are not in the playoffs right now. Yeah, no, he's carrying he's carrying teams right now. Like, yeah. He's a every week he gives you a chance to win. Most definitely. Um, let's move on to the quarterback two on the week. And he was part of that game that we previously talked about with the with the Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs, and that would be Joe Burrow. 
25 of 31, 286 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 11 carries for 46 rushing yards, and one rushing touchdown, 30.04, let's just call it 30 fantasy points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Joey B? Yeah, man, Joey B came through. He really loves playing against the Chiefs. Uh, uh, Excellent high uh, completion percentage on the day as well. Um, yeah, continue to have a sneaky, really great year for, for Joe Burrow after the rough start, especially, um, you know, he threw like, well, almost four or five interceptions in that first game, but yeah, he, he bounced back, got his people, got all his weapons back now too. So down the stretch, Joe Burrow should, uh, start to dominate. Yeah, definitely Joe Burrow, um, just show, continuing to prove why he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL just through his, his third season. So, uh, definitely. Not expecting the 46 rushing yards and the rushing touchdown. I mean, I I would like like 46 is a lot for Joey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know Joey can do that, but there were some even some design quarterback runs in there, which I thought was was uh, you know impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's getting Jamar Chase back, and you know we saw the impact he had in his first game back being healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just yeah, I think that Joey B is going to be right in time to get you for that playoff push. Yes, sir. Uh, let's talk about the QB three on the week. Somebody that you were banging the table for all season long from week one on, <laughs> and he's finally getting his respect. Geno Smith, 28 of 39, 367 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception there. Added two rushing yard, two rush attempts for three rushing yards, 23 fantasy points. Again, as Michael Jordan on Greg, what do you think of this performance here by Geno Smith? Yeah, man, torching this this Rams secondary, which has been pretty weak all year, man. It's it's crazy. Uh, so, um, love to see Geno Smith, you know, take advantage of his matchup, do what he's got to do, uh, and continue. I mean, definitely continue the the like the re sec, his second career almost. It feels like like he started. So, uh, like love to see it for Geno. Yeah, man. You, you know, Greg. Um, I was probably one of the few people that believed Geno Smith would ever be good at football. Um. <laughs> after the first couple of seasons yeah for sure yeah yeah no i i mean yeah. I've, I've told you the story greg uh i will never forget this moment and i'll share it with listeners now uh i had this geno smith jersey and i had bought it at the beginning of the year i was really confident that he'd have his breakout season uh the jets kind of sucked uh he came out against minnesota conveniently enough through a <laughs> interception on like I think it was the first pass attempt of the game. It was a pick six. Oh, yeah, and I yeah, immediately went into my closet and I, I grabbed the Geno Smith jersey and I, I tore it in half. And uh I was really upset. I was like, Geno, I believed in you. And then he went on first to throw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns that game. And I think he did the same thing <laughs> the, week, <laughs> the week after. So that's and I started to believe maybe I should just not have the jerseys anymore. So I don't know. Uh anyway, Geno Smith absolutely balling uh, the 367 was by necessity. Uh, this is a game that was back and forth. The Rams actually were in this one, had a mm-hmm. lead in the fourth quarter with, with I think, minutes to go. Um, and Geno Smith lost not just his starting running back and then lost the backup. And then the third string running back got hurt. So DJ Dallas, and I'm saying Kenneth Walker, the third, he, he got hurt with an ankle injury. DJ Dallas, he also suffered an ankle injury. And so then 
Tony Jones, he had an injury at one point, and uh, DJ Dallas, who was listed as doubtful, <laughs> they, they end up putting him back in the game. Oh, because, they have no one there. Right? You got no one else? Like, take a defensive back and be like, all right, here, we're going to have to practice taking some handoffs or something. Like, oh. Or, I don't know, ask Gino Smith to throw it 39 times. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Marquise Goodwin back there, he's pretty fast, you know. Like, right? <laughs> run, 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 toss all game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like they could have figured something out. But anyway, Geno Smith absolutely balled in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going to continue to to do that as as the season progresses. I think. Um, let's talk about the rest of these quarterback swags, though. Rounding out this top twelve. My quarterback stream of the week didn't realize he finished this high. Oh yeah, uh, Jared Goff, yeah, absolutely, absolutely balled there. Um, I don't know if that was planned. I couldn't hear it. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes coming in as the quarterback five. It's surprising that he even finishes this high. You know, I mean, the rushing touchdown will, will definitely do that. Yeah, uh, Justin Fields comes in at six. Justin Herbert seven. Taylor Heineke eight. Mike White, Greg's quarterback string of the week. Daniel Jones comes in at 10. And Josh, oh, Josh Allen coming in at 11. And then Dak Prescott coming in as the quarterback 12. Oh, sorry. And Justin Herbert was. Yeah, I was going to I was going to bring up. Okay. I'm more proud of Mike White. It's all right. You, we could applaud for Mike White. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg, what are these, you know, of these top 12 performances, which of these stood out to you? Um, yeah, Taylor Heineke definitely popping up in here. Um, that's probably like the one name I'm a little surprised for, but uh, yeah, he 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 did what he had to do, get that tie. Um, Fields coming back from injury, doing what he got to do. Uh, yeah, Herbert and and Mike White for sure, for sure, getting it done. Um, yeah, those, now, those guys, and Mike White in the same sentence, it's crazy. <laughs> it speaks really, it speaks volumes of like what. Justin Herbert has done these last couple of weeks to turn the season around. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> where you go? Um, let's. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't realize Jared Goff had played that well. I know he he had a oh, good no, game. They were they were good. Yeah, I mean, they, Ross they, and Brown had a big game. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Heineke, that that was surprising, but OT will get that done for you a lot of times. True. Um, and then Trevor Lawrence, who was my quarterback star of the week, he didn't he didn't come out too hot this week. Um, you know, he got hurt too and came back actually. Did this is true? He did. Yeah, he did. I was I really I really needed that that those passing props though. Um, in terms <laughs> of honorable mentions, you know, not really anybody that I mean, uh, shout out Derek Carr. You know, it's a, a respectable yeah. performance if you like felt if you were desperate. Uh, Tyler Huntley. In you know, came in and not a lot of action against a pretty good, yeah, bro. Um, you know, Denver defense, uh, had <laughs> put up like a pretty good day for somebody yeah. that, uh, you know, again, didn't start the game. Um, and Brock Purdy, too, for yeah, and Brock Purdy that didn't start the game, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you know, interesting to see how this plays out. I mean. Tyler or Lamar Jackson, he left his game with a knee injury. So that was, you know, definitely tough if you started him. 
Um, you know, so obviously he'll end up as the as a jag, but we'll we'll forgive him for that. Uh Trevor Lawrence, you know, I am gonna throw him down as a jag because he was my start of the week. I did call for the QB one on the week, finish as a QB 13, so not gonna really uh shy away from that one. And then like like we said, there were some there were some other injuries. Uh Jimmy G, he suffered an injury. So, you know, if you if you started them, he's definitely he definitely didn't help you out. Um Tua, his wasn't really injury. Uh, he suffered an injury later, but you know he that was a, that's a tough San Fran defense. I thought that you know one had to give something had to give and something had to give here. And San Fran was like, no, we don't we don't break, <laughs> we don't we don't bend and we don't break. Um, and then Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, I I don't. I don't know how much how much people were really going going there with with him um, against the Jets, yeah. uh, and then Deshaun Watson, who in his first game back, uh, seven hundred days, goes up against Houston and doesn't play well. And I think some people will probably call that call call it karma or something of that effect. But I feel like he is going to be rooted against in every stadium that he goes into. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, one thousand percent, like will be rooted against in every stadium. So uh yeah something I think to to watch and he didn't he didn't really look all that good um against the Houston defense. No, I think the there was only one offensive touchdown scored in that game and it was like by Houston. Yeah, by Houston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if you got Cleveland defense. Oh man. Woo. <laughs> take that one. Yeah, we're at, <laughs> um, it's because they were my stream of the week. And anybody that wasn't listening, some context there why I'm clapping. But, uh, anyways, Greg, let's move on to the running back position. These running back swags, and this is what you like to see: mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, the number one running back on the week, 17 rush attempts, 66 rushing yards, eight catches on 10 targets, 80 receiving yards, and a touchdown, 28.6. PPR points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by CMC? Yeah, man. Love to see his name here, especially like those guys that when Christian McCaffrey used to be RB1 every week, uh, Christian McCaffrey is still here, man. And uh, those other running backs aren't. And it's good to see him here and getting those 10 targets. You love to see that in a great game, competitive game. Hopefully, you know, he's definitely getting healthier. So, uh, yeah, he, he he's going to close for, for the people out there. Oh, you mute. Oh, I was, I was, yeah. Rookie mistake here. I'm muted. Greg was trying to throw me a solid and like signal it to me. So I appreciate it, Greg. Um, but yeah, Christian McCaffrey just going to continue to ball, continue to to pr- bring back value uh, for those that drafted him early and had faith. Man, um, let's move on to the running back two on the week, Tony Pollard, twenty. Uh, well, 12 carries, 91 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, two catches on three targets, 15 rece- or 15 receiving yards, 24.6 PPR points on the day. Um, yeah, man, I guess it's safe to say you can start both Dallas Cowboys running backs, but I guess it's also safe to say that it doesn't – I don't think there's really one that we want more than the other. I don't know. Is it Tony Pollard? Me, me, no, nah, it's Tony Pollard. It's Tony Pollard, right? It's Tony Pollard, yeah. Tony Pollard is, is the upside. You want you want that upside. I mean, because he's, he's game script proof. 
Yeah, games improved. I mean, overall in the year, the last three weeks, like, oh, four of the five last five weeks, he's been uh, high in RB1 as far as output. Like, so he has been, like, doing spectacular performances. Uh, and you got him for, like, half the value you got Zeke for. So, yeah, man, Tony Pollard's been great. And for the first time in Zeke's career, he did not start the game, um, which apparently the Dallas Cowboys said was discipline related. Um, Definitely weird. But uh, yeah, Tony Pollard, man, he, he seems to be that guy, right? So let's move on to, they got an interesting decision to make for sure. Like they have an interest. It's like you're paying (laughs) Zeke all this money and Tony Pollard is about to be a free agent and he's about to walk out the door and probably demand like, I mean, running backs don't get paid, but you can't tell, tell me, look at what he's doing and what he provides to this Dallas offense. And no team is going to say, Hey, running back, he's been a backup. Most of his, most of his career probably doesn't have a lot of tread, you know, uh, probably doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his tires. Like let's get this guy, pay him decently and use him, Use him up pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and did you hear what Zeke said? His comments nah. after the game? Quote from John Machoda on uh, Twitter. He says, I truly believe our team is better off when Tony Pollard is getting his touches. He's so explosive. Last year, I had to really come around to it, and it definitely was a little hard at first. But at the end of the day, that's what's important for the team. Or what's important is the team. That's awesome. That's a uh, transparent. That's honest. Yeah, I mean it is tough. Like, you're a guy making millions of dollars, and I would think no one's better than me. Like, you know, he's one of the best running backs from Ohio State, and early in the year, yeah, that's it's tough adjustment. Yeah, definitely, uh, for sure. Um, let's uh, move on to the RB three on the week, man, and that'd be Samaje P Ryan. Twenty one carries, one hundred six rushing yards, no rushing touchdown. Six catches, seven targets, 49 receiving yards, and no touchdown. But that volume, though, gets you an RB1 finish, 21 and a half PPR points on a day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by Samaje Piran? Yeah, man, he's a living example of the reason why you, if you're a Joe Mixon manager, you get Samaje Piran. If you're a Dalvin Cook manager, you get Alexander Madison. Like, if you're the Miles Sanders manager, you, you get Kenneth Gainwell. Like, this is why you have him sitting there. You play in Superflex and you have Lamar Jackson. You, you have get Tyler Huntley. Get Tyler Huntley. Like, yeah, yo, like now instead of, uh, you know, if you were the Joe Mixon manager, I have to spend all your fab to get him. You would have had him there already. And now he's he's doing what Joe Mixon is doing and, like, putting up better output numbers. Like, so uh, the volume's there. The usage is there. RB1 performances uh, is great. Yeah, man. And uh, Scott Fishbowl, I drafted Joe Mixon. Uh, very early in the draft and near the end of the draft, I didn't didn't really have uh, you know I didn't have a lot of running back depth, and I was like, all right, well let me you know let me pick up some Ajay P Ryan. He's here, he's available, and I held on to him for the whole season, Greg. And so like we get to like playoffs at Scott Fishbowl started two weeks ago, and so the week before the playoffs, I was like, oh, I need a roster spot, so I, I dropped some Ajay P Ryan. <laughs> And then Joe Mixon suffers a concussion, and I was like, "No way!" Right? That's crazy. No That's way. Crazy, yo. So then, 
I put a max bid out for Samaje Piran. Had to do it. Had to do and it. I, and he, I, I got the bid. I won the bid. So right now. It's still worth it, I think. Still yeah. I, I've, I've, I've advanced uh, through one round of the playoffs. I'm, I'm hopefully going to advance through, through two rounds. And it's all because I had that voice in the back of my head, right? Like, you got to get, you know, Greg telling me, like, if you have Joe Mixon, you have to have Samaje Piran. But I will also say, right, and I've said this before, because if you don't have Joe Mixon, right. you should tr- and you see you're looking out, you're like, hey, I got this extra roster spot. Go pick up a Samaje Piran if he's out there. Yeah. Because that makes your team stronger if Samaje Piran does end up becoming, you know, a, a, a workhorse back and getting these opportunities like he's getting right now. So definitely things to consider. But let's move through these running back swags. The RB4 on the week, I'm a you know, we we both we both get this one. He's bro. back, baby. Yeah. Back. He's back. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, uh Josh Jacobs comes in at five. AJ Dillon six. Saquon Barkley seven. Uh Cam Akers parentheses. Kyron Williams eight. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke Elliott nine. Zonovan Bam Knight. My running back mm-hmm. ten. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery eleven. James Cook, 12. Greg, what do you think of these top 12 performances from the running back swags? Yeah, you love it. You love to see DeAndre Swift in here. Uh, Saquon bouncing back, getting you back in that, in that RB1 week. Uh, and Bam Knight living up, living up to that. All that, that fab. Hype. Yeah, all that fab, really. <laughs> living up to all that fab, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Dave Montgomery continue to, you know, attack that Green Bay rush defense, man. Yeah, absolutely. Got to continue to attack that Green Bay rush defense. Dave Montgomery just again balled in that in that instance. Um, you know, James Cook. Obviously, he played on Thursday. We talked about him. Um, yep. He's somebody I'm sure we're going to be talking about a little bit later. Uh, you know, the Saquon Barkley one. I think that was that one was important for like managers to yeah. see right before yeah. going into the playoffs. Definitely sure. important. Uh, and then DeAndre Swift, man, we, you know, we've been talking about him. I've been, I, every week I was saying, this is the week. This is the week. Uh, and it finally came. He played 51% of the snaps, so his, his snaps were actually higher than Jamal Williams. Uh, and, and yeah, I think we we were both in agreement, play him over Jamal Williams, and uh, it, that came to fruition this week. So, uh, And then one last thing on Bam Knight. Somebody asked me today if I thought that Bam Knight would continue to get the work because he had 20 20 touches in this game, Bam Knight did, um, for over 100 scrimmage yards. So they asked me, when Michael Carter comes back, what's the split going to be like? And I think Michael Carter will still be involved, but even before Michael Carter left the Chicago game with an injury, Bam Knight was still getting work, and he was still getting rotated into the offense. And I think with the day with the the back to back games that he's had 100 yards from scrimmage in both games, I think he's he's earned a role in this offense. Uh, he brings a different element than Michael Carter brings. Right, Michael Carter is a little shiftier runner, uh, probably a little bit better in the pass game. Uh, with Zonovan Knight, he's a bigger back who's got some explosiveness to him. That's what this offense is really missing with with the absence of Brees Hall. Like obviously no one has like the the no one's Brees Lightning, right? Like no one has that speed that he has. But um, you know, just the physicality, because Brees was a 
you know, 220 pound running back and Zonovan Knight brings some of that size and that, that physicality with his running style to him, more of a downhill runner. Um, but he's also five catches yesterday. So five catches on five targets. So he's, he's utilized, he's shown well in the past game through two games. So I think you, I, I think you can continue to roll him out there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it just makes sense for the Jets as a, as a football team to make them better. You want multiple running backs. Most of the teams are doing it these days anyway. So yeah. Uh, I think that's the the best option for them. Going to be interesting next year when they get uh, Zonovan Knight, Michael Carter, and a healthy Brees Hall in the same backfield to to go with these receivers. Crazy. And Mike White. And Mike White. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about these honorable mentions. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, man, had another day. Uh, you know, I I think. Were you saying to play him yesterday? I feel like this is deja vu. Like we go through this with Pacheco. Um. Yeah, I'm. All, I'm always. I was. You're always Team Pacheco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, McKinnon also played well though too. McKinnon yeah. did play well. Yeah. Uh, oh, McKinnon did not have a fumble. I must have confused him with somebody else. But yeah, both those guys played well. Finishes the RB fourteen and fifteen in PPR leagues. Uh, Brian Robinson also had a had a good day uh, in the mm-hmm. top, like the top eighteen or top twenty. Damian Pierce also had a good day as well. Uh, so you know that was definitely. You know, good showing by those two guys, uh, especially Damian Pierce at, at this time of the year. Uh, any anything else you want to add into those with those guys, Greg? No, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right, we got to talk about some some running back Jags and Greg. I I feel terrible because I I like kind of forced you into a a, a second running back start start of the week, <laughs> and it turned out to be Kyron Williams, and I would not have you know, accidentally typed in Greg's other running back start of the week into the show uh, without having some faith that Kyron Williams would have come through this week. And so I had Kyron Williams ranked in my top 20 running backs. I think he was a top, I think he was a running back 16 for me when it was all said and done. But then I learned something, Greg, I learned something in week 13 Mm-hmm. Kyron Williams is not a real person because there's no other yeah. explanation for what happened on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. It was Cam Akers got 18 touches, so all the opportunity pretty much uh, played about close to 80% snap share. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was, weird. <laughs> it, was, it was like the guy who had been jettisoned from the, who had been jettisoned from the team, you know, like three months ago, and. Uh, you know, essentially forced into retirement was all of a sudden just out there being the lead back after losing out on snaps to Kyron Williams all last, uh, all, you know, the, the most recent, like the last two, three weeks. This doesn't make any sense. Only explanation is Kyron Williams isn't real. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sean McVay went to turn and was like, Kyron, today's your day. And he's like, where'd you go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, also, this was your actual running back start of the week. Travis Etienne did finish yeah. as the RB36. Uh, Nick Chubb, that, again, weird game that game weird was. Game, man. Uh, game. Finishing outside the top 24. Derrick Henry also having mm-hmm. one of his single-digit days. Um, Antonio Gibson. Kenneth Walker left with the injury that we talked about already. Yep. Um, of these guys... Kyron Williams excluded. Are you concerned about any of these performances? 
Uh, the only one I'm most concerned about is Cordell Patterson. He's pretty. No, I didn't even include him, but yeah, yeah. he's fell off the face of the earth, kind of after you know the return of the since returning the injury. Uh, I mean, he returned the injury, had a great game, and then after that, it's been pretty pretty um, modest for him. So it's tough, especially on a team that you know say they want to run the football. Uh, yeah, that's probably the only one I'm really super worried about. Um, Derek Henry, not worried about. It's probably first row back game of the year. Travis Etienne, that whole offense really had a down game. Um, it is concerning because it was Detroit. You like, if you're going to do it against anyone, it's them in Houston, which is also the why is where Cleveland couldn't score. But yeah, it's just him. Who's even the backup for Jacksonville? I have no idea. The backup quarterback? Is it Jake, Jake Luton? Uh, I don't even know. I don't Does know. He... Uh, CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It was very, very, very weird. Uh, game that was obviously yeah. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence getting hurt has has a lot to do with all of that. But just all in all, it was just an, an odd game. Um, anything you want to add to running backs, Greg? No, no. All right, let's move on to these wide receivers. Swags and the number one wide receiver on the week. Good to see you, man. Devontae Adams, the wide receiver one, eight catches, 12 targets, 177 receiving yards, two touchdown receptions. Had one of the dopest catches on the sideline that, like, I had seen in a while. The ball just kind of, like, palmed it with one hand. It was, yeah, it was it was crazy. 37.7 PPR points, Greg, on the day. What did you make of this performance here by Devontae? Yeah, the last five weeks, he's been on the absolute tear. I mean, he's been really just blowing up uh, defenses, uh, just putting show, straight up clinics on, uh, you know, the DBs and stuff like that. So, Devontae, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Clearly, he, this man is still one of the best in the game. Yeah, man, he absolute balling, and I think it's coinciding with the Raiders kind of turning their season around. They're 5-7. and seven. They – have an outside shot at making the playoffs and uh yeah as long as that's on the table i think you're going to continue to get performances like this from from yeah. Devontae adams and, and josh jacobs yeah for sure they're gonna definitely lean on those two should be you know yeah definitely all right the wide receiver two on the week somebody I said he would be the wide receiver one on the week for two weeks in a row. He's finished as three and two. So I think next week is the week he finishes as the wide receiver one. But obviously Greg's breakout wide receiver on the season, having a fantastic season, Amon Ross St. Brown, 11 catches, 12 targets, 114 receiving yards, two touchdown receptions, adding also two rushing yards on one rushing attempt, 34.6. PPR points. I don't think there's a receiver that I would rather have in fantasy right now. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, just consistency. Every healthy game this man's played, he has been there. Like he's done it for you. The floor is so high for him, and the ceiling is there for him. Like, I mean, yeah, Devontae maybe, and that's it. Really, I don't see anyone else that I would want. I mean, Justin Jefferson is pretty high up there, but yeah, like. He doesn't fall out. He has no like the floor is no. the floor is high. No. The only bottom out games he has when he got hurt and concussed. That's it. Yeah. But I would think it would be outside of 
Amon Ra, like it would just yeah. Devontae Adams, yeah. he's been fantastic, but I would yeah. probably I would still have J Jeff above above him. But Amon Ra, like you said, the consistency, right? Like that yeah. Cooper Cup that we're chasing, like the week to week consistency where you just plug him in there, not gonna have a bad game as long as he finishes the game, it's gonna be fine. Upside's gonna be there. Like he's been fantastic. The target share is there. Man. The red zone, the red zone opportunities are there, especially since the TJ Hawkinson trade. Like he has been the focal point of that pass offense. Who knows? Jamison Williams, who again, every time we talk about somebody not being active, and you know, they're all of a sudden they're made active on that game on that same day. We talk about them, but Jamison Williams was activated for the Detroit Lions. So obviously they spent the first round pick on him. Let's see what happens uh as he continues to get you know, worked into that offense. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. Whatever happens is going to happen this year. No, nah, it's been, and it's been like a, this is a 20 game stretch now. Like this is a going back to mid, mid to last season, like laying this shit stretch. So this man has been doing it for a, a year and a half almost. Yeah, man, definitely. Crazy. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver three on the week. And like, this was like, this was the easiest, like, if you had yeah. to bet a wide receiver on the week to put up 100 yards and a touchdown, like this was the easiest bet to make because it was A.J. Brown and he was playing the Titans, his former team, who traded him away after refusing to pay him boatloads of money. And he took that personal. Eight catches, <laughs> <laughs> 10 targets, 119 receiving yards, two touchdown receptions, 31.9 PPR points. That one touchdown, though. Oh, my gosh. When he's, like, tussling with them and then just, yeah. like. And Jalen Hurts just, like, drops. That's a perfect ball. That's a perfect, a perfect ball. ball. Like, right. Jalen could not have walked over <laughs> down the field and dropped that ball in the bucket any better. That's the only no place. Way. They were literally holding each other. They were, like, choking up each other. And he just, oh, here's the ball. Like, it's crazy. It's like, oh, I guess I'll take yeah. this. Yeah, yep. Yep, I've never seen that was perfect coverage, man. That's I, I feel bad for corners, man. It's tough out here, yo. It's really <laughs> tough out here. <laughs> oh yo, man. man. Yeah, definitely crazy stuff there. Um yeah, I mean, but like you, there's no way you didn't know. Like the, the Titans had to know too, right? Like, yo, hey, we're gonna get this man's best this week. Oh yeah. <laughs> with AJ yeah, yeah. Brown. So yeah. uh Greg, anything you want to add on the performance of AJ Brown? Nah, man, that that catch was all you need to talk about this day. That really the catch or the throw. I don't. Yeah, the throw was definitely more impressive. I agree. Right? Yeah, it was. It was a perfect. It was a perfect throw. Perfect ball. (laughs) Like he didn't have to eat. Like I don't even. I don't even know if he had to catch it. I don't know if he actually had to catch it. Because his hands were already there. It was just. (laughs) It was just like okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh man. Yeah. If you have not seen that catch and you're listening to this, you just pause it, stop what you're doing, park on the side of the road, and go pull up that that catch or that throw, that catch. It was one of the most impressive plays I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, let's talk about these uh, the the rest of these wide receiver swags and the wide receiver four on the week: Tyreek Hill, five Tyler Lockett, six DK Metcalf. Uh, seven Terry McLaurin, eight Christian Watson. I'm I'm gonna give Greg. I'm I'm giving Greg. Uh, the wide receiver eight or the wide receiver nine Garrett Wilson. That was my wide. Receiver. 
the wide receiver 11, Devontae Smith, and 12, Keenan Allen. Greg, your thoughts on the performances by these top 12s? Yeah, man, the wide receivers have been putting up some numbers. This is definitely one of the weeks where they really put up some numbers. I mean, the fact that the wide receiver 12 got, what, 20 points, like that's really well more than that, actually. So it's crazy. So, yeah, uh, great week. Gary Wilson, Terry McLaurin, Christian Watson, those, those young boys doing what they got to do. Uh, and glad to see uh, both Philly wide receivers putting up a good day. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say both Seattle wide receivers. Both. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. They basically have almost the same stat line as Seattle wide receivers. Uh, Tyler Lockett was yeah. 128 and 1. <laughs> <laughs> DK Metcalf 127 and 1. Uh, Tyler Lockett has one more catch, however. But, yeah, definitely a great day. Uh, Garrett Wilson, man, 15 targets. Love it. Eight, eight receptions, 162 receiving yards. I loved every minute of it. Um, yeah. There's no reason you shouldn't get double close to double digit targets every week though. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing I'm throwing it 10, 10 plus times every week. Yeah, man. He was he was definitely fantastic uh to watch. Uh, he's already proven himself to be one of the best young receivers in the league. And that average of yards per game with quarterbacks that aren't Zach Wilson shot up shot up 20 yards after this game. He now averages 95 receiving yards a game. With quarterbacks that are not Zach Wilson, sounds like we just did a study right there. Yeah, we found the data point. <laughs> data says, the data says uh, we want we want not Zach Wilson. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because with Zach Wilson, he's averaging like fifty receiving yards a game. It's almost oh, half. Oh, almost half. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely bowling right now. I, I mean, again, Christian Watson, you said stay in the flames, man. And yeah, you got to. You, you got to. to. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah, man. We by play. the way, I feel bad for Bears fans. They just a curse, bro. They can't be. I feel fans. really bad for Bears fans. <laughs> like that, like I was like, you know, I said it right here. I was like, nah, man. Justin Fields ends that thing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm seeing. <laughs> They're up 16 or three. I'm feeling real good. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I said it, man. I called it. And then I'm looking. I keep looking. And I see, you know, Chicago keeps keeps scoring. I was like, or Green Bay keeps scoring. I was like, yeah, but Chicago is not going to stop scoring. And all of a sudden, that game ends, they, like I said, 16 to three. It ended 19 to 28. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, definitely crazy. Um but yeah, I, I, you know, definitely great performances by those wide receivers. Like you said, it was a great week. Keenan Allen was the wide receiver twelve with twenty point eight PPR yeah, that's points. Wow, wow. Uh, CD <laughs> CD Lamb comes in at thirteen. Uh, Alec Pierce, remember that guy? He found me, but now he's back. Crazy. <laughs> okay, oh, shout out to your boy Drake London, though. You're. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Drake London. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That was that was absurd. Like that was probably the most absurd performance of the week. Six oh, catches, ninety-five yards against Pittsburgh with Mariota and Arthur Smith was probably the most frustrating. It was probably yeah, twelve targets too. Look at that. That's probably more goal. That's yeah. probably more than he had the previous three weeks combined. Combined, yeah, I agree. Probably. <laughs> like, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> You're right. That is the boy. Yeah, it's uh six nine. Yeah, he had right around the same amount. 
So, yeah. You know why? You know why? You know why this happened, Greg? Not because you were on the show and you said that it was going to happen. It happened because I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this happened. You know, extraordinary people, I dropped it. So that's why this happened. So you're welcome. All the people out there that listened, Greg, that recommended it, you're all welcome. I'll try to get him back next week. I'm going to try to get him back. So we'll see what happens. I got no fab left because I'm not even going to speak about what happened to leave extraordinary people because people are going to think we're crazy with a certain quarterback that got dropped. Did you – we're not going to talk about that. You know weird stuff always happens. Weird stuff always happens in that league. But that was weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Michael Gallup also had a good game, uh, but we got to talk about some of these Jags. And I'm gonna throw T Higgins, man. I know. I only <laughs> say that because I was going against him in the leaving starting people, and I was nervous because I was up by some points, and I was like, please, please don't let T Higgins ruin this for me. And uh, yeah, he doesn't didn't. I think only had 12 and a half PPR points, finished in the top mm-hmm. 30 receivers. Um, Amari Cooper, your start of the week. Uh, I mean, he was enveloped in that Browns offense, if you can call yeah, it man. that. Um, George Pickens was somebody that I know people were relying heavily on against Atlanta in what people what was thought to be a good matchup. Cortland Sutton, I think he left the game with an injury after coming in questionable with an illness. But are we starting Cortland Sutton? Like, do we start Denver Broncos? Cortland Sutton was the only one I was willing to start. Because uh, he's still putting up, you know, low end wide receiver two days, wide receiver three days. But if he's hurt, I mean, yeah, then no, there's no one. No. Or Jerry Judy. Greg, 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 Greg Doches, maybe. We'll talk about him. We'll, we will talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about him. I have some things to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I mean, that was that quarterback driven? I didn't see much of much of that game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. I, mean, I don't know how they really. I don't know how 49ers score always. That they just find a way to win. <laughs> they just find ways to win the game. Like, all yeah, the I think they had some. They had some. Def- they had a defensive touchdown in that game. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how. Like, I don't know how they scored. Yeah, you're right. Um, Traylon Burks, man, I, he's a jag for performance. But if you watched that game because you just if you just like didn't watch any of the games you just were like let me check my score at the end of the day and see what Traylon Burks did you would come away feeling very disappointed but if you saw what happened to Traylon Burks catching that ball in the end zone and yeah it was a crazy catch as he's getting as he's catching the football gets rocked in the helmet takes a scary helmet to helmet hit and essentially like fell asleep on the field but yeah still was holding on to the football. And so he got called for a touchdown, but immediately you knew he wasn't coming back into that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely was going to, I think, have a m- much better day if he stayed in. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he should hopefully be back. I mean, that was the Titans' only offensive touchdown of the of the game. Uh, they're a much different pass offense when Traylon Burks is on the field. Right. We saw this. I mean, we saw this without when they don't have AJ Brown. Like their pass offense last year, their pass offense was was basically non-existent. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think without Traylon Burks, if he's forced to miss some time, it's going to be tough on on the Titans' offense as a whole. But uh, 
you know, if he's available or somebody drops him in your league, like I would look to pick him up because he's somebody that could help take, you know, there's all these rookie wide receivers right now that down the stretch, like if you missed out on the Christian Watsons of the world, you know, you missed out on the Garrett Wilsons, like, you, you know, go get yourself an opportunity to go get a guy like Traylon Burks. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other Jags from the wide receiver position that I may miss here, Greg? Um, no, I think we're good. All right, let's talk about these these tight end swags. And the number one tight end on the week, that would be Greg Dulcich. Six catches, eight targets, 85 receiving yards, 14 and a half PPR points. And this really irks me because I had just given up on Greg Dulcich. Like, literally had just given up. I was like, I'm done. I'm going on board the Tyler Conklin train, who we'll talk about that in a minute. But go on. And I dropped Greg Dulcich. And oh, there you go. There you go. Two people, yo. It's a trend here. It's a, <laughs> this is crazy. Greg, this isn't a trend. This is no, this is a fact. This is science. This happens every single year in the league for people. If I drop somebody, just pick them up. I guarantee you score double digits. That's crazy, yo. Two people in the same week, yo. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Greg, what do you think of this performance here by Greg Dosage? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I mean, not an outlier, but like you know, he was. We thought he was gonna do well. He was coming on in the year, and then he, you know, he fell off. Nice back, typical kind of tight end stuff. But uh, I mean, got eight targets. That's a, a good number there. If Corden Sutton is hurt for a longer time, there's literally no one else to throw the ball to. Jerry Judy is back, but he's still a little banged up. So I mean. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess you got it. I guess maybe. I guess I guess Greg Dosich has to be a thing. I mean, he was a thing. I thought he was a thing, and then he wasn't yeah. when he when when he wasn't a thing. It was really upsetting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway, um I'm maybe I'm just destined to have a tight end problem, right? And I don't know, in one world I like I liked Tyler Conklin a lot this week. Mm-hmm. I liked him next more than this next guy. But Tyler Conklin was already my stream of the week, and I had predetermined that like the week prior. Then I got to tight ends, and I was like, tight ends kind of suck this week in terms of starts of the week. I mean, obviously, there's the Travis Kelsey's of the world, right? But, you know, Mark Andrews, like you're not going to pick that guy, those guys to be your tight end starts yeah, of the week. No, so when no, I no. get to looking at the tight ends, I'm like, damn, I should have went with Conklin as my start of the week. So then I end up going with this next guy who I – didn't pick up in my league, in the league of people. I did not pick him up. You guys are probably welcome for that because Tyler Conklin then probably would have been in this slot that we're talking about. But talk, talk about Noah Fant, my tight end start of the week. And I'm I'm going to applause because I want to applause for the people that played him that weren't me. <laughs> so you recommended him for the people to play yeah. I recommended him for the people. Fantastic. I'm glad it yeah. worked out. Four catches five targets, 42 receiving yards, and a touchdown reception, 14.2 PPR points on the day. Greg, what were your thoughts by this performance here by Noah Fant that I'm sure you you saw coming? Yeah, I mean, it was a good performance. Uh, you know, he's been, uh, you know, somewhat a, a, a quality stream, streaming tight end the last couple four weeks. So, um, you know, you, you love to see it. Hopefully he can continue this kind of uh, down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. The, the top three was like a stream of the week. Like I had to been like, oh yeah, yeah. Stream of the year. It was like throw three stream, throw a bunch of the stream of the knee, stream of the week tight ends in a bag, <laughs> yeah. 
pull or a hat, pull pull one out, and that's your top three tight ends. Yep. Yep. So the tight end three on the week was your stream of the week, Evan Ingram. Five catches, seven targets, 30 receiving yards, and a touchdown there on the day. 14 PPR points on the day. Greg, your thoughts on the performance here by your tight end stream of the week, Evan Ingram? Yeah, man, able to get it done. That touchdown really helped his day. But, I mean, that was part of why we, you know, would like to attack Detroit's passing. Um, you know, hopefully, I mean, you know, I think if Trevor Lawrence was in there, it could have been a better day for everyone. But uh, uh, for got back in there earlier. But it's still, still a solid day. Uh, hopefully he can also continue. Streaming, uh, probably, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I ranked him as a low tight end to the or as a tight end two this week, uh, but he definitely came through and uh, you know, your stream of the week. So I should just listen to, to the tight end whisper over here, man. That's what I what I believe. <laughs> but we gotta shout out the touchdown or not tight end of the week, okay, and it was a pretty easy decision because yeah, you I had two like, guys that had one catch be one. and one yeah, touchdown. Like... You said what? Oh, there's a couple guys that did that. Wow. Yeah, there was two guys that did that. Oh. But you know how this goes. It goes to the highest ranked tight end. There you go. Okay, okay. So we're going Connor Hayward here. Because your touchdown, tight, touchdown or not, tight end of the week, my man had one catch, 17 receiving yards, and one touchdown, 8.7 PPR points on the day. But nobody started him. There's not a chance. But this is an opportunity to give an interesting fact about Connor Hayward. Did you know that he is brother of – Pittsburgh Steelers defensive lineman Cam Hayward. Oh, yeah. I was about to be like, is he related to Cam Hayward? Like, uh, yeah. That's, yep, that's his nice. older brother. There you go. Yeah. That's what's up? That is what's up. So they got two Watt brothers and they got two Hayward brothers. So uh, definitely cool stuff there. Um, you know, Should both- give, you know, give some credit to the other. Us possible tight end our guy, Michael Pruitt. Oh yeah, Michael Michael Pruitt. He definitely could have got in here. He was definitely in consideration, but he did win it last week. So, you know, you don't really want to be the touchdown or not tight end of the week. I mean, it's cool, but like catching one, you know, one catch for a touchdown is like, you know, like Greg, you could do that. True, true. That now he's still he definitely has more than Kyle Pitts, not for sure though. <laughs> <laughs> Only thing worse than only thing worse for Kyle Pitts than you trying to 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 make him the, the touchdown or not tight end of the week is calling out that a touchdown a two time almost two time touchdown tight end or now of the week has more touchdowns than him. Yeah. Hey man, maybe you Next can year, buy yeah. Kyle Pitts in Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the tight end Jags. And it really – oh, uh, sorry. We've got to round out the top 12 tight ends. Cole Komet comes in at four. Greg, would you believe this next guy? Crazy, man. Gerald Crazy. Everett, after oh. we left him for dead, comes in at the tight end five. Oh. Chagosium Equonk. 
Aquanco, Aconquo, sorry, comes in at the tight end six. Pat Fryermuth seven. Mark Andrews eight. The aforementioned Connor Hayward nine. Brevin Jordan ten. Michael Pruitt eleven. Wow. And this could lead us right into our tight end Jags, the tight end 12, <laughs> Travis Kelsey. 7.6 PPR points on the day. We all get one, man. We all get one. Does Travis Kelsey get one? Is he allowed one? I don't know. I, I think so. I mean, <laughs> this is his first week in single digits the entire year. Like, is is this his worst game ever? Like ever? in the last uh, three years? And the uh could be. I mean could be. Now I don't I have know what his stats now, but definitely this year is his worst game. So I I have to check. Like I don't remember Travis Kelsey having a game this bad. Four fifty six. He went three for 49. Oh, that was his rookie year. Never mind. See, I had to go back to his rookie year. I'm just playing. Wow. No, I was about to say. He had a five He had a five for 51 in week two of this year. I think that was oh, his. He, he scored, though. Or did, did he? No, oh, no. He, he, oh, he just he's got. Oh, but yeah, that's, ten, that's like he still got over 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. Still got over 10 points. Yeah. Uh, he had a seven for 25, but that's when he scored four touchdowns. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I don't know. He had a four for 57 last week, but he scored. Yeah. That, uh, I think it happened like last year. No. A 34, 34 and one, 25 and one. Tw- oh, he had two stretches. Okay. Last year, he had two straight three catch for 27 yard games. All right. Word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, <clears throat> also at the tight end Jags, my tight end stream of the week, Tyler Conklin, who played a horrible game, by the way. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, his counterpart, who yeah. I don't. It was really weird. Like, I don't know. It's like how was Minnesota generating offense? Like, Justin, Je- like they ran the ball pretty well. Justin Jefferson had forty-five receiving yards on the day. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson didn't have a didn't have a great day, so it was just just odd in general. There was, I know there were some penalties uh, and things like that, but yeah, just Jalen Rager had a ridiculously long catch, which was like, what what the hell, Jalen Rager? <laughs> anyway, enough about that. Uh, Dalton Schultz also um, mm-hmm. ends up as a jag, and then Austin Hooper. If you went there, because uh, I know he's somebody that's been solid these last few weeks, and is somebody that I talked about. Um, he, you know, he, uh, he, he definitely didn't come through this week. Uh, anybody else disappoint the tight end position this week, Greg, in your opinion? No, I think you named them all actually. All right. Well, let's jump through the injuries, um, before we hit to, before we hit waivers. Uh, so like I mentioned, Lamar Jackson left Sunday's game injuries, not thought to be season ending, but when John Harbaugh is out there talking about could be days to weeks that's a new one right we, we've heard day to day we've heard week to week <laughs> but this is days to weeks never heard something <laughs> like that so, i'm just that makes me think like 
he's not playing for the foreseeable future. Maybe not until playoffs if the Ravens make the playoffs. Um, well, yeah, man, they, they got this one. That was that was they need really needed that one. I don't know how they got it, but I think they I think they sneak in. No, yeah, definitely. But just in yeah. terms of Lamar Jackson, his yeah, health, true. his availability through the season, like because yeah. Lamar has to. There's like two things at play, right? Like, and I'm sure like Lamar, ultimate team player, um, and he doesn't have an agent, unfortunately, to to talk to him. But he's in a contract year, right? Like, you don't want to come back too early to try to lead this team to a championship. And meanwhile, you don't have a, a contract right now, you know, yeah. and, you know, it'd be tough, um, you know, if you were to get injured and, and uh, you know, or aggravate that injury and then have to miss further time, especially the type of quarterback that he is, like that would greatly negative, that would greatly impact like his ability to be productive on the football field. So um, I just hope that everybody involved plays it smart there, but we'll see. Uh, Baltimore linebacker Patrick Queen, he was carted off on Sunday with a knee injury. Uh, Cincinnati tight end Hayden Hurst, he left Sunday's game with a calf injury. Miami wide receiver Jalen Waddle, he was in and out of the game after suffering an injury to his leg. Uh, quarterback Tua Tungavailoa from Miami, he left Sunday's game with an ankle, but that's thought to not be serious. He could have returned to that game, but the score was not one, which the Miami Dolphins felt necessary to put him back in there. Uh, and then for Sam Fran, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's out for the season with a broken foot that required surgery. That's just a tough break for the 49ers to not just lose Trey Lance at the start of the year, um, but then to to lose Jimmy G the day that a report drops that the, the Niners and Jimmy G, you know, both sides were open to reuniting next year. Uh it was just terrible, terrible way to end the Sunday after, you know, especially with that, with that dropping that article, you know, um, then Ken Walker, who, you know, we talked about previously, he left Sunday's game with an ankle injury. Uh, and, you know, there goes Pete Carroll talking about now oh, he just got jammed up, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. He's day to day or I forget exactly what he used, but I just assume Kenneth Walker is going to miss, um, you know, at, at least the next couple weeks here, you know, or at least this next week. Um, and then we'll see what happens with DJ Dallas. Cause like I said, he left Sunday's game with an ankle injury. He did return as in an emergency situation, but um, you know, between adrenaline and, and all that other stuff. And once the swelling starts to, to take place, uh, it might be a little bit harder for, for DJ Dallas to, uh, to, to play football. So um, Tony Jones, maybe. Uh, Greg, what do we got at the quarterback position? I, I know that's probably the place to start there, uh, obviously, with, with these injuries to these quarterbacks that we got. So uh, who are you recommending to the people? And why yeah, man, is it Mike White? Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason why it's Mike White is because of this first guy, Jared Goff, playing Minnesota. He's at 50%, so I'm, on, you know, I'm still recommending to the people. Uh, he's got a great matchup this week going against Minnesota, uh, coming off a – couple of strong weeks uh you know the Detroit team uh this this team is coming together honestly this offense coming together they're getting it done uh down the stretch getting some wins so that's good to see and he threw uh you know ha- has the matchup against Minnesota who Mike White just threw for 360 yards against so Mike White going against Buffalo this week 18 percent rostered 
I think this is the this is the revenge game for Mike White, you know, coming back from last year. This is uh, his time to, you know, get it done uh, and show, you know, we could attack Buffalo's defense. Uh, I think this is a, you know, a huge game for both teams. Uh, so, yeah, this is, uh, you know, going to be uh, where he's, he's – I think he's going to have to put up more pass attempts, more yards, especially if they're going to be playing from behind. So, and if you look at his – you remember talking about uh, Reese Hall's or Michael Carter's, you know, schedule coming down in the playoffs. That helps with Mike White as well. After this week, it's Detroit, then Jacksonville, then Seattle. So Mike White's got a beautiful schedule after this week, uh, after, after Buffalo. And Buffalo's, you know, not even a tough matchup uh, in our eyes. So that's good. Tyler Huntley uh, got Pittsburgh next week, uh, 1% rostered. Uh, even though the secondary for Pittsburgh is very weak, it doesn't even matter who Tyler Huntley's playing. He's going to get it done with his legs. He's going to get it done, get you that floor. Uh, and then after that, he's got a solid schedule as well with Cleveland. Atlanta and then Pittsburgh again. So Tyler Huntley down the stretch, especially those Lamar Jackson managers, if you need a quarterback to just a quick pivot to him. And then lastly, Brock Purdy, uh, I think is a, a good, you know, super flex conversation quarterback, uh, especially if you're a Jimmy Garoppolo manager, um, 1% rostered, um, you know, he, he should, you know, hopefully give you a safe floor down the stretch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Jared Goff, that's a fantastic one for sure. Uh, the matchup is great. You know, like you said, Minnesota, they allowed 369 to Mac to, to, to Mike White last week. They allowed 382 to Mac Jones the week before. And you've got, you know, Jared Goff coming over, coming off a 340-yard day here. So, um, yeah, definitely in the cards for him. Uh, and then, like you said, uh, the schedule for Mike White, fantastic down the stretch. Also, if you play week 18, gets Miami in week 18. And Ooh. yeah, so it's got a beautiful schedule um, yeah. there. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> you know, uh, Tyler Huntley, like I totally agree. Uh, you know, even in one quarterback leagues, you know, when I, where I have Lamar Lee, we're starting their people. When it dropped earlier in the week, you know, that Lamar was dealing with that hip injury, I immediately went and picked up Tyler Huntley because I think he's that valuable in even one quarterback leagues because of what he brings with his legs. So um, would you go after Huntley ahead of these other guys? Uh, I think for – I think I'd probably go Jared Goff uh, and – Considering Mike White's schedule, I think those two guys I still would try to get before. But um, yeah, the I mean, the safest floor definitely Huntley. Like he won't if they have a bad game, like passing wise, uh, Huntley could still give you a solid day. The other thing with Huntley too is like, you know, who are they? Who are they playing? Because if they played a team like Denver, right? Like, um, well, they have Pittsburgh, then Cleveland, then Atlanta, and then Pittsburgh again. So yeah, so that's like there's not those are all games that are gonna have like 38 and a half point unders. Yeah. 39 yeah. and a half. Yep. Like all yep. of them where you're gonna pick the under. Yep. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I guess it's it's hard to get excited about Tyler Huntley having that big explosive yeah, big pass day, yeah. game, right. Yeah. Like the rush, the running should be there and that should be consistent, but you know, that ceiling that that we hope for, um, you know, might not be there. But who knows? Maybe you pick up both of these guys, right? And, you know, things can change between between now and, and, and the end of the season, right? So um, it's crazy to think that it's it's week. It's, you know, we're entering week 14. But, yeah. Um, let's talk about running back, Greg, because there's some stuff, uh, you know, that's always obviously the position we're always trying to pick up and fine-tune and – 
you know, acquire depth at this time of year if we don't already have it. So what are we looking at at the running back position? Definitely looking at Zonman Bam Knight. Uh, he's 47% rostered. Uh, definitely had a, a great game this week. Got those a lot of opportunities, like you were mentioning, and I think he will continue to see that uh, when Michael Carter is healthy. Uh, so I think he's a, he's a good add to give you, you know, some RB2 days, uh, especially in a, a good offense coming together right now. James Cook, 24% rostered. I think the upside is really there for him, uh, especially on a team that is going to be in a lot of scoring opportunities. And he's a guy that's, you know, going to be a, a very good pass catcher for this team, um, especially if they're starting to shift from Devin Singletary to, to James Cook. Um, he, he has a lot of upside. Uh, Jared McKinnon, 41% rostered. Uh, continue to be, you know, using in a sort of fashion with, with Pacheco. Uh, kind of a different role than Pacheco, which is good, so that he has his own standalone value uh, to give you some RB3 production. Uh, this one is crazy. When Cam Akers, I don't know what to make of him. He's 46% rostered, but if he's getting the opportunity in the snap percentage like this, you got to, you know, make an argument to play him. It's just you, you don't really know what's going to happen, what Shogun Bay is going to decide to do or, you know, what the playing time is going to be. So yeah, that's a risky one, I think. And then those, you know, we get into week 14, saying those, uh, you know, the Samaji P. Ryans of the world, kind of. Alexander Madison, he's 35% rostered, and Kenneth Gainwell, 14% rostered. Uh, I think if you're, you know, need, need some roster spots, you need some space, or just those, man, the Davo Cook manager, Miles Sanders manager, go get them. Yeah, most definitely. Um yeah, this is an important time, and it's, it's literally the playoff push right here. Uh, yeah, if you haven't clinched, this is the last week to get in. Maybe you're playing for a bye week. Uh, just things to consider. Uh, if you have, if sometimes playoffs start earlier, so if you have a, True. you know, you're in the playoffs this week. One thing I always say: if you have a bye week, do not set your lineup. It will give you flexibility. I know you want to check the score. I'll reiterate this later. You know, next week as well, but. Just don't set a lineup if you have a bye week because, you know, a couple of years ago, Calvin Ridley went down, you know, had a friend of mine pivoted, you know, was able to pick up Michael Gallup, who became a high, you know, a high, highly sought after waiver addition the week after, after having a big game, a big game. And he was able to acquire him for, for nothing, uh, you know, because he didn't play until the four o'clock window. So he just dropped Calvin Ridley and picked up Michael mm. Gallup. So, you know, definitely want to maintain that flexibility. But hopefully we don't have to uh, to do that this week. Uh, but if we did, Greg would be able to provide us with some wide receivers that we could pivot to. So, Greg, what wide receivers are we looking to this week uh, that might be out there on waivers? I'm looking at Corey Davis. Uh, you know, he's 13% rostered. Uh, you know, we talked about how everyone is getting a kind of a bump with uh, in a Mike White-led offense. Uh, that, that includes Corey Davis. That includes the receivers. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson is definitely going to be that guy. But, you know, he Corey Davis also got 10 targets, you know, 5 for 85. So he was definitely involved as well. Um, so he, I think he's continued to give you some wide receiver three weeks for upside of flex. Um, Nico Collins, you talked about him. He's, his target share is going to continue to be very high i mean the the quality of touches might not be uh <laughs> at what you expect uh from kyle allen um but you know he's getting 10 targets now he's got well four straight games the last four games 10 7 9 and 10 that's his target number um so in deep leagues i think he's a play and then also again mac mac collins uh 31 percent rostered 
I think a person that, you know, is again also going to be involved with a hot Raiders right now, as far as, far as the offense, that's going to be passing the ball a lot. Uh, another guy's going to be getting a high target share down the stretch. Yeah, I, I like I like all those. Uh, the Nico Collins one obviously is one that uh, is near and dear to my heart because it's one I've been talking about for for a few weeks now. Um, but yeah, I think Corey Davis has upside. And and um, did you mention Michael Gallup? I didn't, but he's like fifty four, I think fifty four. Okay. But yeah, he he'd be number one, I think, on the list. Sure. Yeah, yeah, he he's yeah. he's uh. That offense looked good yesterday. I mean, and granted, yeah. they were playing against, you know, not so great competition in Indianapolis. And, um, you know, Indianapolis defense has been solid, but they were missing Kenny Moore yesterday, which we talked about being, a, you know, a detriment to their defense. But, um, you know, who yeah, we, was we seen Gallup do this, like, you know, be a, a good, talented guy before. He's probably the most talented guy right now. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe they'll, like, feature him so that the, the, it's, like, leverage against Odell. It'll be like, hey, you know, we don't, we don't need you, bro. Like, we can, we got a number two receiver right here. Uh, Facts. But Greg, what about a tight end, man? What are we looking at? I know it's usually slim pickings, but what do we got this week? Yeah, it is. But yeah, I think it was kind of like the top three. Those top three are all still under fifty percent. Greg Dolchich, thirty-seven percent. No offense at thirteen, and Evan Ingram at forty-three. Uh, it's literally the, the top three this week. They it was that's why I was saying the streaming category. Uh, they're all three kind of all year been you know, up and down. Um, but I think, you know, down the stretch again, continue, can give you some streaming opportunity, Greg Dolchich, especially some more targets. If Cortland Sun is hurt, Noah Fant is just riding with, uh, you know, the success of uh, Geno Smith, but he's been coming on later because we've definitely been talking about him up in the last four weeks. And then Evan Ingram, uh, I think the pie, I'd be more most excited to have, get, go get Evan Ingram uh, out, of, out of those three guys. And then lastly, for deep leagues, Danny Bellinger, he's getting healthier, uh, 2% rostered. He was involved uh, right away for this team. Um, and, yeah, I think he continued to kind of get some high usages. You know, Darius Slayton is really the only guy they go to. Yeah, no, those are, you know, again, it's slim pickings out there at tight end, but those are yeah. all solid options there. Um yeah, I think that's all that's that's all we got for this one. So hopefully y'all are out there enjoying Monday night football. Uh hopefully you enjoyed um you know get the Monday night sweats. Um but with all that being said, y'all catch you on Wednesday when we break down Thursday night football. I don't even remember who's playing. Is it like somebody like the Rams? It's the Rams and the Raiders, I think. Tonight? No, or, Thursday. Night. Oh, Thursday. Thursday. Oh, not no idea. Yeah, I think it's. No. I'm pretty sure it's the Rams and the Raiders. Uh, one team whose season is done, and another team. It is the Rams and the Raiders, and another team who uh, is trying to make a season out of their season right now. But we'll see what happens. We're gonna break that down on Thursday. Give you. Watch streams of the week and make a better two. So we'll catch y'all on Wednesday and have a good one. We're out of here. Peace. Yeah.